Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Yesterday, the UN released its first comprehensive report on biodiversity. I don't think I'm going too far to say that it was kind of dismal and a little bit heartbreaking. In the UN report, they said that nature is in the worst shape in human history, and one million species are at risk of extinction. One of the things that I hate about knowing things like this and reports like this, and it sounds so silly to say this, but is I worry that everybody's just going to throw their hands up and say, well, we're all doomed, so let's just do whatever the heck we want. Hey, Andrew Holland joins the show right now. He's national spokesperson for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Andrew, is that one of your fears as well when you hear about a UN report that makes things sound like they're so bleak? Uh, it does raise concerns for sure, uh, Kelly, and, and basically it, it sort of uh, hopefully will capture people's attention that we can make a difference here in this country and that uh, many species that rely on habitats uh, in Ontario and elsewhere in the country, uh, by preserving some of these areas, we can give uh, a number of these species a fighting chance to survive rather than be statistics on the, on the downside. Uh, it's interesting, you know, I think we forget because we're so small in population that Canada is the second largest country in the world and we are home to a large assortment of species. Out of those one million species at risk of extinction, Canada has over 50 species that are rarer than the panda. That's right. And, and a lot of these areas, uh, to put a finer point on it, a lot of these species are in southern areas of Canada where we live and work. So we're talking about southern Ontario, we're talking about uh, on the west coast, sort of the lower mainland of BC around Vancouver Island and the prairies, you're, you're talking about what's called Aspen Parkland, and that may be a, a term people may not be familiar with, but it's where the boreal forest area of those provinces sort of connects with the grasslands. Um, you know, in the eastern Canada, you know, the Gulf of St. Lawrence, St. Lawrence River area from Quebec into the Maritimes, Prince Edward Island. A lot of sensitive areas in Canada where the, these species are, and, and these, while there's concerns about these species, uh, there's also opportunities to save habitats for them. Do you think that we are under the, you know, we're so disconnected with these species that we could potentially lose? Is it because we're under the impression that because the, the country is so vast and the perception is that we've got tons of forested area and ecosystems north of us, that everything's honky-dory, that we don't have to worry about our populated area because we're sitting on basically a very large swath of uh of the globe that we don't populate. That's You're quite right. I mean, a lot of these species are in our backyards, um, and, and a lot of the changes are in our communities from invasive species that, that come in and crowd out uh, native species. For example, one of the, one of the uh, species that are in a lot of trouble is white ash, and these ash trees. And, and you look in Ontario and Quebec, uh, 
like uh, Manitoba, uh, you know, now New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, uh, ash trees have been wiped out by a beetle called the emerald ash borer, and it's been a problem across Ontario for a few years now. And basically, this beetle just destroys ash trees, and these are used for making furniture, uh, baseball bats, a few hockey sticks. And so that not only impacts our forests and, and areas around waterways, because ash trees are quite uh, prominent in these areas, or prominent in local parks where you walk, but it's also an impact on the economy. Uh, but you're, you're right, there's 50 species that are rarer than a panda, and some of them are, you know, people can identify with in your listening audience, so spotted turtles, wood turtles, blandings turtles, uh, different kinds of bumblebees, for example. Uh, these are commonly known species that are really having a rough time. Is it, is, there, is it problematic that some of the species that you mentioned are not sweet little furry animals? And when we talk about endangered species that are furry, a lot of the times they're looking for food, and our little pets seem to... Uh, uh, be what they're after. Yeah, the, the, some of these uh, animals may and, and plants may sound obscure, but they have a critical uh, role in our nature. And, you know, it's nature's for all of us. It's not only just for the species, but it's for all of us. And the Nature Conservancy of Canada is trying to protect these areas uh, since 1962. We work with willing private landowners who want to sell or, or donate their lands for conservation. And, and that's where we can make a difference here is, is conserve more land, these habitats in southern Ontario. So we're talking about wetlands, forests, coastal areas, and grasslands in the prairies where a lot of these species exist. And if we set aside these, some of these lands for conservation, because that's, that's the key driver in this UN report, that habitat loss is the main reason why a lot of these species are disappearing. So here in Canada, what can we do? By having a little bit more strategic land use planning and private land conservation, it can help save some of these areas where these species, they rely on these areas. You know, the Ford government just released 20 pages of sweeping changes to Ontario's Endangered Species Act last Thursday in an omnibus housing bill. There's no doubt about it. We need housing. There's a lot of people that need housing and affordable housing. And uh, there are amendments that wildlife experts say would gut protections for the province's at-risk animals and plants. Do you think that this is short-sighted, this More Homes, More Choice Act? of the Ford government to put this into play now when, you you know, uh, we should be looking at ways to coexist with nature, not ways to get around it by, you know, paying to slay. Well, the environment and the economy, you know, they they have to go together, and and I think they do. And, and, you know, it's a great example where a lot of our natural areas can be used for ecotourism and light recreation. And I think it's an opportunity to, to promote our natural beauty in the areas where we live. And I think that this international report, it's been three years in the making. There were 450 experts, like scientists, biologists, and others who contributed to this. I think governments of all stripe and all provinces uh, should really take a good look at this report and drill down in their respective areas uh, to see where are the pressures in our provinces for these species and try and do something with land like land conservation groups such as the Nature Conservancy of Canada and others to try and have a plan, a conservation plan. What can we do to uh, preserve some of these areas so these species 
are, can survive, but also how can we allow public access to these areas? It can be a win-win. It, 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 when you preserve natural areas for species, you're also setting them aside for people to enjoy. And a great example is a half hour from Toronto in, in King City called Happy Valley Forest, where the Nature Conservancy has a beautiful uh, nature reserve, and there's hiking trails there for people to enjoy. So it can be accomplished for both nature, but also for ourselves, and it can really make a difference. There are people listening right now that I'm sure are rolling their eyes because they don't have, they don't feel that they have a relationship with uh, nature and they, they don't desire that. That's not what, what gets them excited. But why is it so important to reach these people? And maybe you could speak to the person that doesn't really think that conservation is, is something that is important to their lifestyle on why it is so important to actually embrace Nature Conservancy. Well, from our perspective, the Nature Conservancy of Canada, we try to protect these areas, but we also try to connect Canadians to nature. You have a great question. And uh, basically, uh, getting outside for a walk into into nature on a trail or whatever, you know, it, it improves your mental health, your physical well-being as well. It really helps get your blood pressure down. It helps clear your head. Uh, there's just a lot of physical and mental benefits to getting outdoors and in nature. And, you know, frankly, we, we live in a beautiful country, but we, we tend to take it for granted. We, we really do. We, we tend to overlook the obvious and the natural beauty around us. And if, if we just sort of slow things down and, and get away from the tablets and the phones and, and just decompress a bit and, and, and sort of take a break from the technology, because we're on all the time, uh, connected to technology, if we spend a little bit more time to the outdoors, it really will make a difference for ourselves and our families. And and maybe by looking around, you appreciate what kind of critters and plants are around that really are part of our country and need these areas to survive. Uh, you know, basically, that's what I would encourage people to do. And there's some great ways on our website, just natureconservancy.ca, of nature reserves people can see and, and things that they can do. But Andrew, I'm listening, and I hate bugs and walking. How? Tell me how species diversity affects my survival ultimately as a human. Well, it it affects uh, you know clean air, clean water. We need these for ourselves. So do these species. Uh, these natural areas, whether it's in the forests and, and, and trails, uh, these species are a part of us and have been. And so, if we lose. Uh, animals and plants uh, to, you know, continued uh, loss, habitat loss. And what I mean by that is subdivision, development, uh, drainage of wetlands, and just fragmentation of the landscape, these species just disappear. And and it's not good for Canada, it's not good for our world, and it's not good for us. And so basically Canada and Ontario, we're not making any more land. So we need to protect a little bit more of what we have and also set aside some of these areas uh, for the species, whether it's fish. You know, some of this is for our food sources mm-hmm. in some, some cases. You know, we need wildlife in our areas. We need, um, you know, food sources. It's, it's, uh, we need clean water, clean air. And so protecting nature is very important for not only species, but also ourselves. For the record, I like walking and I like bugs. <laughs> depending on what kind of bugs they are. Uh, what's it going to take for this big attitude shift? Because I think we need the attitude shift before it's too late. Well, I think that uh, people, again, 
a, this report is, is very helpful, and you can see sort of the national list of an, an endangered species in Canada. It's online. It's quite user-friendly. You can search by province and see uh, what species are in your area. And to your point, some of these may not be cuddly critters, but uh, they're all very important. I, I think the best thing people can do is, is just try and, on a personal level, uh, put down their phones and tablets and go for a walk. Get outside, whether it's a local park. It doesn't have to be a Nature Conservancy of Canada property, but by being more familiar with your surroundings uh, in your local communities and the outdoors, you can have a greater appreciation for nature. And when you do that, then you start caring about it and you have a more of a connection to it. And that's an example you can share with your children and your grandchildren. It's when you don't have that connection to nature and our you know, today's society, we live, live busy, very busy lives. Mm -hmm. And if we don't make time for nature, it's not something we're going to care about, and therefore it's not something that we're dialed into. And so when you hear about protection of species, if we don't feel a connection to the landscape, water, rivers, streams, or trails, it's not something that's top of mind, and it needs to be. I think it has to happen early, too. I think it's the best gift you can give your kids. Get out. You know, we used to go out hiking on the Bruce Trail almost weekly in the summer and spring when I was a kid, and even in the fall. Uh -huh. And I think that uh, if you get out early, you know, although you can, you can drag your feet sometimes, do we have to go on this trail again? I've been on this trail a million times. It, it slows you down, and you do get a respect for nature, and I think it draws you back to nature later on in life, and it gives you that respect that I think you need in order to be one of the stewards of, uh, you know, the environment. And some to your landowners and, and property owners in, in your listening audience and across uh, uh, your vast listening audience in the province, there's tax breaks associated with donating land. So it's something, something else I want to mention. Here's an opportunity. If you want to make a difference, you can sell or donate your lands to a conservation group. So you may have a, a forest or a, a woodlot or a wetland property that's been handed down through your parents or grandparents, and you're paying property taxes on it, and you don't know what to do with it. Here's an opportunity to sell it or donate it to a conservation group uh, for these species, and you get a charitable tax receipt for the appraised value of the land, plus... If there is an endangered or threatened species on the property, the federal government kicks in an additional tax break through the Ecological Gifts Program of Environment Canada. So you get a tax break for 10 years. It's but it has to live on the area. You can't just ship it in. Right. It can't be, it can't be <laughs> transported in. But like I said, beep, there's some beep, beep, beep. Just put it anywhere, gentlemen. Yeah, there's some hidden savings yeah. is what I'm getting at. There's, there's, you know, properties that have been handed down through generations, and if people are curious what they can do with these and don't know how to manage them and care for them, perhaps there's a way that they can sell it or donate it to a, a conservation group like the Nature Conservancy of Canada or others, and they can feel good about having this area protected forever and also get some tax breaks uh, as a result. Oh, there's some developers that are mad at you right now, Andrew. Andrew, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the program. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great day.